0: Thank you for joining Dayspring Christian Church today. Our aim is to share the transforming love and power of Jesus Christ. Please enjoy a Sunday sermon already in progress. Good morning, Dayspring family. Hope everybody can hear me. Um, I just have the opportunity uh, to bring you the word of God this morning, um, I just uh, was listening to that song this week, actually, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is this is a real good one," and I I, I want to use this one. So I hope that you've been blessed by that song. Um, but let's get into what God is or wants us to hear this morning. Um, I don't know about you, but it's been quite the week for me. Just a week full of distractions, after distractions, after distract. I don't. I is there someone out there, you know, that that knows what what I mean? Yeah, just just a week full of distractions. You know, work already is a distraction. You know, but we got the TV, we got the phone. You know, but I'm I'm even gonna say that family is also a distraction. Right? (laughs) Hope I don't get in trouble for that but you know in all things god is able you know and i believe that his word will be delivered no matter what um but i got a question for y'all i got a question for y'all um have you ever read something and you find yourself going back and reading the same thing over and over again hopefully i'm not the only one you know you you you, you thought you know you got something from it but then god takes you back there and you know you're reading it over and over again you know until you know he actually shows you something and and um we're going to get into what God has been showing me um through this passage of scripture and you know who knows you know maybe he'll show me something again as I'm going through this today or even at the end he'll show me something again because you know it, it, God's word is is just amazing so um take this walk with me. Take, Come take this walk with me. So turn with your Bibles or go to your devices uh, to the book of Isaiah. We're going to look at the book of Isaiah, chapter 61. And from verse 1 to 9, and I'm reading from
1: the English Standard Version. Hope everyone has it. Okay, it says,
0: and this is the the uh, words of Isaiah um, prophesying to the people of Israel. He says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. But you shall be called the priests of the Lord. They shall speak of you as the ministers of God. You shall eat the wealth of the nations, and in their glory you shall boast. Strangers shall stand and tend your flocks. Foreigners shall be your plowmen, and vine dressers. instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy, for I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their offspring shall be known among the nations and their descendants in the midst of the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are, not, they are an offspring
2: the Lord has blessed. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for your word. We thank
0: you, Father God, for those who are here, Father, to hear what you're saying to them today, Lord God. Father, I thank you that you have put me in position, Father God, to be your messenger, Father God, to let your word go forth, Father God. And I pray that your word would fall upon good ground, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that your word would rest within our hearts, And it would stay there, Father God. And God, I pray that you would show us today, Father God, what you're saying to us, Lord. Speak to each one, Father God, in your own way today. And we give you thanks. I ask that you go before me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. So as we have just read this, these are the words the Lord had given to Isaiah to prophesy to the people of Israel. And if I could share with you just a bit about who Isaiah was, um, I'd like to share a little profile here. But Isaiah was and is considered to be one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. He was married to a prophetess and they had two sons and I'm not going to butcher the names of these two sons but he had two sons um his ministry his ministry lasted throughout five reigns of kings king kings um who reigned over Judah so you know dude has been there for for quite some time um and as a prophet as a prophet you stood with the priest as God's special representative Uh, The prophet's role was to speak for God so as to confronting the people and their leaders with God's commands and promises. Now, I believe for Isaiah, I believe his ministry started when he had the vision, right? When he said, you know, uh, in chapter six, he said, you know, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And he said there were angels flying around, and they were saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. And seeing this, he said to himself, woe to me, for I am lost, or some versions say I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then it says, one of the angels flew to him with coal in his hands and touched his mouth and said, your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then it says, Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go before us
2: or who will go for us? And without hesitation, Isaiah says, here I am, send me. And then God says, go and say this to the people. And that's
0: when ministry for Isaiah had begun. This was his call to commission. And Isaiah brings God's message of judgment to the people. He's telling them about the sins of Israel and about the sins of Judah. And the messages that Isaiah was sending were, were just warnings and were intended to help the people understand
2: God's true nature, but the people ignored it. Now, as a prophet, uh,
0: you're not going to be very popular with people. You know, the messages you bring there—they they come with either positive or negative reaction. You know, and and if they're met most of the time with a negative reaction, you're you're probably not going to be the most popular prophet or prophet in the in the nation. So, even though Isaiah brought these messages of judgment, he also brought them a message of forgiveness, hope, and comfort. Comfort in the sense of the, of the release of those who have been held captive, but then hope for the future Redeemer and the future kingdom that was to come. And that brings us to where we are at here in Isaiah 61. Because the people, Of Israel longed for the coming of this Messiah, this King, uh, to save them, right? And and here Isaiah is prophetically speaking on behalf of the Messiah, and says he is empowered by the Spirit of the Lord God, right? He says the Spirit of the Lord is, is upon me, and the Lord has anointed, and how the Lord has anointed him. So he speaks about the, the ministry that the, the, the future king would, would, would bring, right? He'll bring good news to the poor. He'll heal the brokenhearted. He'll proclaim liberty to the captives. He'll comfort all who mourn. Uh, he'll give them beauty for ashes. He'll bring, give them an oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. And I, and I like this part right here. But he says that they may be called oaks of righteousness. If anyone like knows an oak tree, an oak tree is like one of the grandest of all trees. You know, the way its branches spread out and, and covers the, the area. It's, it's just a, a thing of beauty when, when you see it. And, and this is how uh, God wants the, our, um, the people of, of God to be. Like to be like branches, like flourishing. You know, bearing fruit, and the oak tree is also it symbolizes protection and strength and endurance. You know, when you look at an oak, oak tree, you see you see stability, right, because of its strong roots, right? So I, I, I love how how he puts that there, but it also talks about what God's people will do, right? They will rebuild, they will raise up, they will repair. A God's people will be rebuilders.
2: God will use his people to restore and rebuild whatever has been broken or ruined. And it also goes on to say that God's people will be set apart, right? It says, but you shall be called priests of the Lord. They shall speak of you as the ministers of our God. So
0: this means that under the anointing of the spirit, God's people have a holy
2: occupation. And God's people will will rejoice as they receive their double portion of blessing.
0: But it doesn't end there. Because it says God will also make an everlasting covenant with them. And the covenant will bring prominent blessings.
2: And all these things will be done under the anointing of the spirit of the Lord. So this is what Isaiah is bringing to them, is, 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 is telling them. And, and we
0: know already, like, some, like the people had uh, already basically just ignored what he was saying, right? So let's fast forward now, 700-something years later, and Jesus arrives on the scene. Right. And we go to Luke four and I'm not going to read it, read it fully, but I'll just I'll just share with you just pieces from it. But this is after Jesus um is finished being tempted in the in the desert by by Satan. You know, it says he went to Nazareth and, you know, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. It says that this was his custom. So he, Jesus was used to going there week after week, you know, visiting the synagogue you know, listen to to whoever's, whoever's teaching, you know, and basically it was a regular thing for him, you know, and he attended services every week, you know, even though he was the perfect son of God, he still made an effort, he still made it his duty to attend these services, um, but it says, you know, Jesus went into the temple, and, and I just picture Jesus strolling into the temple, you know, just walking in. You know, probably someone's like, "Hey Jesus," you know, and he gives them the nod, you know, over the over the finger and the wink, you know, and, and and he goes up to the front, you know, and 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 then the attendant hands him the scroll and he hands him the scroll of of where the prophet Isaiah had written, right? And, and you got to understand that in these days, uh, the leader would often invite. a a rabbi, basically, to come and read the scriptures and teach. Now, either this was Jesus' day or the the person that was supposed to show up just didn't show up at all. Um, But Jesus unrolls the scroll, right? And he reads the part that Isaiah had prophesied years ago, right? And he reads it and he says, The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor.
2: Then it says Jesus rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant,
0: and he went and sat down. So now people are like amazed, like, what's? What's he gonna say? They're they're anticipating what's gonna come next,
2: you know. And then Jesus says this. Jesus says, "Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing."
0: And this is where you know I wish Jesus just stopped and didn't say anything else, you know, just left it there, and maybe just 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 you know roll, roll up out of the out of the temple there, you know. But someone says someone says you know isn't this joseph's son which implied that this is just a carpenter boy so how can he how can he be the anointed one how can this be our messiah how can this be our king he ain't no king right and jesus knew immediately that there was doubt amongst these people and he says to them he says Doubtless you will quote me this proverb. Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Cape Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. So Jesus knew that even if he proved to them that he was this king that they were looking for, they still wouldn't believe it. They still wouldn't believe it. And he also says no prophet is accepted or acceptable in his hometown and boy, did they get upset, right? Just from the things he says, and it says they they, they got so upset that they, they rose up and it says they drove him
2: out of town, brought him to the brow of the hill in order to throw him off the cliff. They wanted to kill their king, right? But
0: thankfully, Jesus was able to escape and he says he passed through them. And, and, and I'm just like, My goodness, my goodness. This was his first day of ministry and he almost gets killed. First day of ministry, he almost gets killed. But nevertheless, Jesus continued his mission for what he was set out to do. I mean, it, it's crazy when you, you think of it, because if if they're reading from the prophet Isaiah, surely they would have read about you know, the the coming of this Lord, right? Because Isaiah 7, 14, he says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall receive or shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. He spoke about that, right? But then again, he spoke in chapter nine, and he says, for to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting
2: Father, Prince of Peace. So did they just pass over that section? No, but they,
0: we know that they just weren't hearing Isaiah. They were ignoring it, right? And, but it also says in Isaiah 53, it says, Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form of magic or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as from whom men hide their faces, when hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. So they... Basically, they didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize him because it wasn't what they expected. But it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there, right? There's more. There's more. So in in Acts now, in Acts chapter 9, we, we, we see or we meet a man named Saul. And Saul has been going around from town to town, you know, just persecuting Christians. I mean, prior to this, he was there for the stoning of Stephen right? And, and maybe even gave the order for, for, for Stephen to be stoned. But it says that Saul was traveling down this road. He was traveling down this road to Damascus, and a bright light from heaven shines around him, and he falls to the ground. And he hears a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? But Saul says, who are you, Lord? And the voice says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. Saul is blinded. So he stays three days in Damascus, and the Lord sends a man named Ananias to lay his hands on him so that Saul can regain his sight.
2: Saul regains his sight. And now he's, a, he's, a, uh, 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 he's all out for, for, for God. You
0: know, he, he starts his mission and ministry, you could say ministry just blows up for, for Saul, even changes his name too, right? But later in the book of Acts, we come to a part where Paul is before King Agrippa, and he's given him his account of what happened that day on the road to Damascus. And he says this, Acts chapter 26. He says this. He says, And when we all, and when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. So that's what we remember reading. In chapter nine, but there's more. It says, But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose to appoint you as a servant and a witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I'm sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me.
2: But how come Paul didn't say this before?
1: Paul left that out. Sorry, give me a second. So he... Had the
2: he basically leaves out to that part,
0: which is kind of crucial because it lets us know that this was the
2: mission that God had sent him to do, right? I, I mean, this this is just is just
0: amazing what what Paul is, is is doing, and then God
2: says to us, God is saying to us today.
1: Sorry, give me a sec. God is saying to us today. The notes here just have been jumbled. But we come to this part. And God is asking us the question here,
2: and this is something that I was, it just hit me as I was reading it, you know, and and God asked this question, what have you done for me lately? What
1: have you done for me lately? Because you
2: see, we can we can go about and asking asking God the question and at
0: looking for God to bless us. But if we haven't fully done what He has called us to do, then how can we ask for the how can we ask Him for that blessing? One thing that God said to me, and, and this is this is the kicker in in this, He says He says how can you
2: how can you ask for the blessing? but you haven't even completed the lesson. That's like trying to get recognition for
1: something and you haven't even put in the work for it. How can you ask that?
2: And I believe that God is saying to us today or to remind us today
0: that we are anointed. We are anointed for what he
2: has purposed us for. God has equipped us with the tools, but we get so
0: when it comes to us, Him telling us to, to what to do, we we get so nervous, or, or 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 then there's like this fear that comes around, or or even doubt,
2: and we think, oh, we're not qualified for it, but He has qualified us for it. He has anointed us.
0: And it's only the enemy that comes in and puts that fear and doubt in our minds
2: to make us think that we're not capable of doing what God has has, has
1: instructed us to do. But you are anointed. You are
2: anointed for his purpose. And for the mission that he has called us to do.
0: So if I could say it another way, I'd say it like this. You are anointed. And you are anointed. And you are anointed. And you are anointed. It kind of feels like that, that Oprah Winfrey thing. Where you get a car. You get a car. But you are anointed for his purpose. Don't let the enemy tell you otherwise. Right? God has equipped us. God has anointed us. The spirit of the Lord is upon us. And he has equipped
2: us to do what he has called us to do.
1: I will close with this today. That we
2: need, now is the time, day spring. Now is the time
0: for us to rise up. Now is the time for us to go forth and preach the good news. Now is the time for us to proclaim freedom for for those captives. Now is the time for us to to heal the brokenhearted. Now is the time for us to, to set captives free, right? Now is the time for us to heal the sick, to raise the dead,
2: to cast out demons. We are equipped for it. God has equipped us for it. Now is the time. Let's not delay. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, you have equipped us. Father God, you have given us your spirit, Lord God.